How powerful is Cox Internet? So powerful that one day, your daughter will be able to simulate a soccer match against some of the world's best players right from your backyard. Get gig speeds powered by fiber from Cox. It's internet built for tomorrow, today. Internet delivered through Cox's hybrid fiber coax network. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions apply. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's. Welcome to The Approach Shot, the golf show that's more laughs than links, more stories than strokes, more guffaws than golfers. Here are the hosts of The Approach Shot, John Ashton and Neil Michaels. It is indeed us, and we have the ID to prove it. I'm John Ashton. He is Neil Michaels. Yes. We are collectively The Approach Shot. I think you know, when you say collectively, I feel like we should say that together. Okay. Okay. (laughs) We are collectively... The yep. approach <laughs> shot. Maybe, maybe not. Okay. <laughs> but anyway. I always thought when people said, yes, we're all together now. I always feel like when somebody says, when anytime anybody says we're all together now, or they put the words all together now, I feel like everybody needs to say the next thing that comes out of their mouth. Cause it sounds like all together now, but yes, yeah, that has made for some very embarrassing moments at seminars. <laughs> I talk about embarrassing moments, man. I was playing golf the other day. A woman at our club who's notorious because she's later in life decided she wanted to play golf. Oh, cool. Good for her. Yeah, yeah, it's great. And uh, she's taking lessons, Mm -hmm. which is great. She's one of those that is intent on practicing, makes all of us amateurs really look bad. (laughs) She learns something and then she goes out and starts practicing. So she was like, I'm going out on the course. I'm going to play nine holes. She came back in really early. She got stung by a bee. Ouch. Yeah, I know. And the uh, the teaching pro w- was there and he said, what are you doing back so soon? And she said, I had to stop. I got stung by a bee. Mm. He said, where? And she said, well, between the first and second hole. And he said, oh, you had your feet too wide apart. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this is why we hope people don't listen right after church. <laughs> nice. Well, how are we supposed to recover from that, my friend? Uh, uh, recovery. Yeah. Hey, uh, speaking yeah. of recovery. Yeah, you hear my voice, how low my voice is this morning, right? Compared to normal. So you know you know what I'm doing. And for those of you who are watching on YouTube, this not coffee. Not coffee. <laughs> not coffee. This is uh this is you know, it's not just that we do the commercials, we actually use the product. I got liquid IV in here because even though they have told us don't mention that it's a good hangover cure. Mm-hmm. It's a good hangover cure. Well, my niece got married mm-hmm. last night. All my other nieces, nephews, both my daughters were all participating in the wedding. My daughters, both of them came to me at the reception and said, "Um, do you think you and mom would mind if you just took the kids home with you? Oh, okay. So you're telling us that we're old and our partying is over and we need to go now. It's exactly what they were telling you. Or that (laughs) theirs are going to start and they're going to lap you. And and she said, oh, is that okay? And I said, not only is it okay, honey, it's expected. And I brought you all a present Hmm. and I gave them each a couple of sticks of liquid IV. Oh, very said, nice. You're going to need these in the morning. <laughs> very nice. It's it's obviously good enough for us to advertise. It's good enough for us to use. Amen. He doesn't know it yet, but my stepson, my oldest stepson's birthday is tomorrow. And he has been known to frequent a brewery or two. Inside whatever we give him, there will definitely be a variety of sticks. <laughs> and it'll be like, this is the present that keeps on giving. <laughs> Liquidiv.com. Use the promo code approach and get uh, 25% off. My son-in-law said, he said, I love that stuff. I've been thinking about buying the generic because it's a lot cheaper. And I said, don't go to Walmart and get it. Just go to online and get it and use the uh, 
approach shot as a code and you'll get 25% off. And he went, is it okay with you if I tell my friends? <laughs> yeah, sure. This time, go ahead. <laughs> so I was doing the commercial. I had like an extra three seconds before John does the editing on the commercials. I voiced the commercial for this. And I was going, I literally was going to say, go to Walmart nationally, or if you have half a brain, <laughs> go to liquidiv.com, use the promo code approach and get 25% off. So you can pay full price and schlep over to Walmart <laughs> or you can go to your computer and save money. You pick. Yeah, up to you. Totally. <laughs> we have a pretty intelligent audience. I think they probably would follow us down the right path. Exactly. We have a pretty intelligent guest today, too. We do. And may I tell you that as of today, our guest, Chris Mascaro, who is the voice and the, and the brains behind the podcast Next on the T and Thursday Night Tailgaters. I'm sorry, I had it right in front of me. Thursday Night Tailgaters just celebrated their 10th anniversary but next on the T just one, and I'm talking about like within the last day or two, just won the W3 Gold Award for Excellence in Podcasts. So congratulations on that. It's a, he is the 2021 Gold Award winner. Chris Mascaro from uh, Next on the T has an awful lot of conversations and stories about some of the iconic professional golfers that have come and gone. Yeah. Chris has talked to everybody in the golf world, including Gary Player and some of the others. So it's yeah. it's kind of cool. Dude, you've audibly shaken the hands of some of the greatest golfers and golf people in the golf world. So can't wait to hear his stories. It's coming up next. Stick with us. We are the Approach Shot. Don't move. Daylight savings time is officially here. Blech. Shorter days and less time to be outside. You may even think you don't need to hydrate as much. You'd be wrong. You need to hydrate even more now. And that's why the fall is the perfect time to try Liquid IV. Just one stick of Liquid IV and 16 ounces of water hydrates faster and more efficiently than water alone. Liquid IV contains five essential vitamins and is great first thing in the morning with the extra hydration your body needs to start your day. It's even a great hangover cure. You may want to remember that with the holidays coming. And Liquid IV comes in delicious flavors like lemon lime, strawberry, and my favorite, watermelon. Grab your favorite Liquid IV flavors nationwide at Walmart or get 25% off when you go to liquidiv.com and use the code APPROACH at checkout. That's 25% off anything you order when you get better hydration today using promo code APPROACH at liquidiv.com. Make your water work harder. Tired of paying outrageous prices for Viagra? Well, we have great news. Now you can finally get Viagra at huge discounts. Generic Sildenafil allows you to save up to $650 on Viagra. Why pay name brand prices of $15 per pill or more when you can get the same results for less than $3 a pill? Call today and get 50 generic Sildenafil pills for just $99. Call 800-590-0443. That's 800-590-0443. Again, 800-590-0443. Well, thanks for hanging. Coming back, we are the Approach Shot. I am John Ashton, and I am not any longer going to be chastised for not introducing him, so tell the world who you are, Neil, because I don't care. It <laughs> Well, on the, on the screen, it now says Neil Tomahawk Chop Michaels, because as I've said before, there is no way that, that a team that I love or that I like that gets in the Super Bowl that I don't just jump right on that bandwagon. All right, well, let's call it the World Series. That's why I'm out of breath. I'm just running behind the damn thing, and I'm jumping on the bandwagon. <laughs> Wait for me. I have been a Braves fan for the last 10 minutes. Okay. That's right. That's right. And our guest today is also from Hotlanta. And by the way, we've all at one point spent a, a number of years in Atlanta. Chris, uh, John was was there for a while. I was there for a while. Can we all just agree that everybody who's ever lived there hates it when they call it Hotlanta? <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> Chris Mascaro from Next on the T, another golf podcast his is probably a lot better than ours with a lot more people but hey he decided to come on the show so you know he's, he's been around we, a lot longer that's, question that's, is judgment yeah. maybe <laughs> <laughs> chris welcome to the show ah, i appreciate you john and neil thanks for asking me uh it's fantastic i gotta tell you a story about uh my sister who's a um damn yankee 
All right. She lives in Maine, always lived in Maine, except for the time she lived in Massachusetts. And uh, she's obnoxious about it, as are most people who live in Massachusetts. <laughs> and we went to the uh, laser light show at Stone Mountain in the in the mid 80s. <laughs> and, and after about her fifth or sixth drink, she said a little too loud. Don't those people know they lost the war? Ooh, oh, out loud I, in a crowd. Wow. <laughs> That's why I am glad I brought my sign that said, I do not know this woman. <laughs> <laughs> That's now, I got to tell you, John, in her defense, now, I'm, I'm originally from Pittsburgh, and I spent about uh, a half dozen years in Boston. So uh, I'm, uh, I'm well, familiar so, with the folks there, too. So yeah, my love so, to the Northeasterners. So, so did I, man. I grew up in Boston. Very, very, very sad that it's not a Braves Red Sox World Series. Oh, my goodness. We were this close. And, I, you know, I, I mean, I, I lived uh, up in Boston uh, in the early to mid-'80s. And, um, you know, my, my friends ask me, how did you become a, a, a big Red Sox fan? I'm like, you know, you can't live in Boston and start going to Fenway Park without a kid in you. Oh, so I, I became yeah. a huge Red Sox fan. And we, we were this close to being, you know, I, the dream since. And I've been in Atlanta since right after the uh, Summer Olympics in 96. Ah. So, uh, you know, the dream has always been to have a, a Red Sox Braves World Series. And I was crushed yeah. when I we fell just that short. This close, man. I was I was in traffic on Georgia 400 the day they announced Atlanta was going to get the uh, Olympics. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. And everybody stopped, got out, and started partying. Wow, <laughs> wow. That's, that's an experience. That's yeah. also about the time I moved there. I moved there in in 2000 and stayed until 2009. So I was there, you know, right after the Olympics, and and got to got to watch as Atlanta went from 1.5 million people to 5.5 million people in a matter of 10 years. And the traffic, right. the traffic wasn't any worse at all. No, no, <laughs> of course not. <laughs> it's those a thing of, of beauty. For those of you who have never experienced Atlanta traffic, for everybody who says LA traffic is bad, you're right. It is bad, but mm -hmm. it's not as bad as Atlanta traffic. And I know there are people in LA that would argue with me, but you're wrong. <laughs> when I first got there, there was a there was a guy that that I mean, this is within the first month of being there, and he said, You don't want to ever set up a meeting at your office or anywhere between 8 and 10 a.m. or between 3 and 6 p.m. And I said, so you have all your meetings at lunch? And he said, <laughs> yeah, and they go long. <laughs> Apparently, he was a drinking man. Well, you know, my, my, uh, my entire impression about Atlanta was it'll be a great city if they ever finish it. Yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Darn right. Yeah, I mean, if we if we could ever get the roads situated and we could actually have some imagination so that every other one wasn't named Peachtree something or other, <laughs> yeah. we, we'd be we'd be all right. Yeah. Somehow thought that might come up me being a guy who lived off Peachtree Industrial Road. And ah, there you go. <laughs> yep. You know. Yeah. And eventually it becomes Jimmy Carter Boulevard. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so Chris has got himself a bit of a golf podcast going on, and he's had some some very interesting guests, and I would love to talk a little golf podcasting with you. Please. Chris, when did when did Next on the T um, first launch? So our first episode ever was back in 2013. Whoa. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, we've been doing it for a while. So this we just got done uh, with our eighth season. Um the, the sort of backstory, if you will, is um, I was actually doing a baseball show for the Red Sox, as a matter of fact, uh, or about the Red Sox, not for the Red Sox, about the Red Sox. And, and um, uh, we had actually uh, you know, tried to get to mainstream radio for a bunch of years and uh, Armed Forces Radio Network eventually picked up a football show that I'm doing now called Thursday Night Tailgate. They picked this up several years ago. And at the end of the football season, I said... Um, Hey, would you be, I love golf. I'm an avid, you know, golf fan, golf player. And would you be interested in, in me doing a golf show? And they sort of smiled at me and patted me on my head and said, you know, <laughs> who would ever listen to golf on the radio? Mm -hmm. And, uh, I sort of pestered them for a little while and they sort of condescended and went, all right, look, we'll let you do one. And if people listen, then we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it, but we don't think anybody will, but we'll let you do one and, uh, we'll see. And uh, it just so happened I got very, very lucky. And uh, Gary Player and Billy Casper were my first two guests. Wow. And, yeah. And Way to um, early. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there was really nowhere to go from there. But uh, people actually listened and they said, all right, maybe there's something to this golf thing. And uh, that's we've gone from there. Like I say, just got done with our eighth season. So that was uh, that's how we got started and very, very lucky. Yeah, the 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 entire media, the panorama tends to really not give any credence to the fact that golf can be exciting. Yeah, no, 100 percent. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, and, and look, I mean, obviously the game has evolved a lot, but I mean, you know, what we've what we're seeing now with you know, Bryson DeChambeau and, and the crowds and, you know, whether, whether they're jeering or cheering, they're paying attention. And, you know, we, we come off an exciting, you know, Ryder cup and the things that have gone on in the women's side of the game with the Solheim cup and that sort of thing, everything's starting to get a a lot more boisterous and a Mm. lot more exciting. And I think the game is in a a wonderful state. And uh, I think we're going to see some really, really wonderful things go from here. But I think the crowds are starting to get more involved. And uh, I think that's just great for the game. If we could just get rid of that guy who screams, it's in the hole every time. Yeah, or, yeah, hundred percent. That guy's just obnoxious as hell, man. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure it's one guy. I think there's, like, <laughs> I think maybe the there's club. a crowd of them. Yeah, very much so. Well, and and you know what's interesting about the whole idea when um, when ESPN Radio started, um, it was I, I I believe it was back. I couldn't I couldn't quote it, but I know that the first event that ESPN radio had on the air, or maybe it was a couple of individual stations, um, was uh, 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 auto racing. It was, you know, it was Memorial Day weekend. It was the um, Indy 500. And I had to I'm sure I was one of those people who said, wow, here's how it's going to sound. <laughs> for four hours it sounds like a bunch of dying cats and i'm like is are people gonna really what do you i mean outside of football and baseball and basketball what are we gonna have on the radio and now you know podcasts of everything and everything is on the air and i was just in the other room watching the golf channel and you know there's a tournament on it was you know east lake in atlanta and um there's golf 20 virtually 24 7 and there's a lot of great sports outside the big two or three. No, a hundred percent. I mean, and as you were telling the story, I kept, I, I was envisioning racing on the radio myself going, really? People listen to ra- racing on the radio? <laughs> like, yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah, really good announcers. Really good. <laughs> well, you'd have to have a lot of really good stories. Right. But, it makes, oh. but it makes perfect sense, guys. I mean, because radio has always been sold as theater of the mind. Yeah. Yeah. So you get the right sound effects and the right announcers telling the right stories or giving the right pieces of information. And that whole thing plays out in your head just as it would as if you're watching it on TV screen. No, that's a, that's a great point, John. I tell you, one, one of the things that, that I really love about this medium are the, the guys that can or gals that can really paint that picture for you, not over talking you know, uh, a broadcast, right? We, we don't, there's some things that our eyes can tell us that we don't need someone to also tell us. Right. But, but the folks that can really paint that picture and make you feel like you're there, you know, you, as you were telling that uh, story, John, I, I sort of envision, you know, sort of 1940s, 1950s major league baseball, mm-hmm. right. You know, the, you know, the announcers that could really paint that picture for us. And you, know, you could hear a little bit in the background, whether it was real or artificial, Yep. But the, the folks that master that are incredibly talented. They, one of my early childhood memories was when I was a kid living in Boston. Um, there was a, an elderly couple who used to babysit us. Whenever my parents would be gone for a long time at night, my sister and I would stay overnight at this couple's home. And Charlie, the father or the husband, would sit with me in front of a radio and we would listen to Kurt Gowdy mm, call wow. Sox games. Yeah. Wow. That and had to be awesome. It didn't get any better. And we also listened to Johnny Most call Celtics games. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I mean, it was just these guys just, and I had yet to have physically been in Fenway Park, but I knew exactly what it was like just yeah. listening to those guys, you know? Yeah. That's magical. Yeah. They were good. They were great at it. I, I think that some of that still applies. I mean, there are still some great announcers out there, and whether they be radio or television, guys who do both who could really paint the picture for you and the ones who don't i love what you just said chris about over talking we've talked to a number of people especially in the golf world where the drama is there you're on 18 it's tied 
This guy has a 20 footer to win the tournament. You really don't need to overbuild. And if you do, you're doing everybody a great disservice because the drama's there and the sounds, especially of baseball and golf, I think that you can hear the crack of the bat or you can just hear the build of the crowd when that putt leaves the putter as it gets closer and closer to the hole. Don't say a word, just let it be. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've uh, had the privilege of talking to Keith Hirschland on many occasions and Keith was a producer for the golf channel when they got started. And uh, some of the people that he worked with at that time will, you know, tell the stories as well, but Keith would uh, often tell them as they were, you know, he's talking in their ears, if they were going a little too far to shut the F up you know, <laughs> and get them to just let the moment, you know, speak for itself. You don't need to keep talking here. Yeah. Apparently Keith is more comfortable on next on the T than he is on the approach shot. Cause he never said shut the F up on our show. <laughs> <laughs> I think he might, there might have been a PG version of it, like just keep quiet. <laughs> Maybe he thought he was going to offend the two old guys here. He didn't know it that well. <laughs> well, I bet you, I bet you, Chris Mascaro has some great stories uh, from the golf course, from his show with, because I'm, I'm sure that his first show was not the highest quality he ever had in right. guests. Uh, so we're going to come right back and we're going to we're going to get into some of these stories. It's going to amaze us, wow us, enthrall us, and you too. Hang out. We are the Approach Shot. Thank you. Hey, it's Neil, and I've connected with a bunch of you through social media, and a lot of you have commented that there's just not comfortable, great-fitting workout clothes out there for guys our age and with our body types. That's why I'm really excited to tell you about 10,000. 10,000 makes the highest quality, best-fitting, and most comfortable shirts and shorts for fitness enthusiasts and weekend warriors. I've been wearing their 7-inch interval shorts, which are their most popular, perfect for gym days, walking, or short runs. Their versatile shirt is my go-to workout shirt. Lightweight, breathable, and durable. I wear it when I hike and even at the driving range. This is serious workout gear for all types of workouts. Running, hiking, lifting, boxing, however you train, they have a shirt and short for you. And you always get free shipping, free returns, and a lifetime guarantee. Right now, 10,000 is offering listeners of The Approach Shot 15% off your purchase. Go to 10,000.cc and enter the code APPROACH to receive your 15% off. That's 10,000.cc Enter the words 10,000, not the number, and the code APPROACH for your 15% off today. The Social Security Administration's computer servers are 45 years old. Computer servers at Health and Human Services are 50. Maybe that's how cyber criminals hacked U.S. Census Bureau's computers where everything about you is stored. The threat of some cyber thief stealing your credit card is not your biggest risk. Your massive risk is that he takes over ownership of your home. It's called home title theft and the FBI calls it one of the fastest-growing crimes. Cyber criminals simply hack into vulnerable government, bank, or mortgage company servers where copies of your home's title is stored. He forges your signature, stating that you sold your home to him. Then he borrows on your home and leaves you in debt. You won't know until collection notices show up. Protect your most viable asset. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and use promo code RADIO for 30 free days of protection. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com, promo code RADIO, HomeTitleLock.com. And we are the Pro Shot, back with our guest, Chris Mascaro. I'm John Ashton. He is Neil Michaels. Yeah, I said it. All right. Yeah, you did. You did. It's okay. It's okay. We're, we're, we're all used to it. Chris, of course, a host of Next on the T, the uh, the golf podcast slash radio show slash talk show slash whatever award winning. There's a lot of slashing going on here. A lot of slashers. The slasher. You guys are from Boston. That scares me that the Boston <laughs> slashers might be here. Hey, uh, way to put any pressure on him. He needs to enthrall us, entertain us. What else did you say before the break? No wow, pressure, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> We're, but we're wow. easily wowed and amazed, Chris, so not a problem. <laughs> we're pushovers. Well, I mean, from the very beginning, I remember, as I said in the last segment, you know, getting the opportunity to talk to Gary Player. I was obviously very excited when he um, 
he's agreed to do the show and I've been blessed that he's, he's joined me every year right before the masters and, and shared a bunch of his stories. But yeah. the, the first time and, you know, having everything riding on, you know, that one show for the armed forces radio network, uh, I was originally afraid that uh, when I made the call to have him come on the show, cause I was going to call him and then do the intro and then have him just joined right in. Uh, I was afraid when I, when I called that he wouldn't answer. And then when the phone started to ring, I became more afraid that he would. And then I would actually have to talk to him. Um, that's a, you know, as you can imagine, it's intimidating uh, on your first show to talk to two legends in the game and, and all of that. As much preparation as I did and as anyone would do when you get the opportunity to talk to Gary Player, you're still talking to Gary Player, who is one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. Uh, but he couldn't have been nicer. And he's been such a wonderful uh, friend over the years and been so good to me and good, good to the show. Uh, but, you know, listening him to him talk about, uh, you know, stories about, you know, great Bobby Locke and playing, you know, what a great uh, person Jack Nicholas is and and, you know, their rivalry over the years. And, you know, obviously throwing in Arnold Palmer for the big three and and what it was like to compete with, against those guys and with those guys, you know, for 40, 50 years uh, and, and walking up all the different holes you know obviously we're talking about the masters and him talking about how he actually walks up magnolia lane every year he doesn't drive up but he he has the the driver drop him off there at the gate and he just likes to soak it in walking up magnolia lane every year um and then you know walking you know sort of virtually walking the course with him you know talking about you know being on the first tee and what does that feel like what did it feel like you know the first time that you were there and you know his first you know tee shot and over in the trees and you know how he didn't let that get to him and and you know getting out of the trees and onto the first green and just sort of you know virtually walking around the entire golf course with him and um hearing the story and it's it's funny i've, I've talked to lots of different guys that were around the masters at those times and you know gary player he he got one when Arnold let one go and he, you know, Arnold got him once, you know, in, in a master's and, you know, Arnold Palmer telling, telling the story about how, uh, when, um, when uh, Mr. Palmer gave it away on 18, right. He double bogeyed 18 to let Gary player win in 61. And, uh, and Arnold Palmer looking at him saying, I can't believe I let that son of a bitch beat me. stuff like that you know just just sort of hearing their sort of back and forth and what it was like for them i always kid mr player because we all know what a what an enthusiast he is for exercise and nutrition and all of those sorts of things it's it's gary player's voice i always hear is my conscience now when i when i'm gonna go get ice cream or something out of the refrigerator you know i hear him saying in the back of my head that's poison man you better put that down so it's 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 things like that that I appreciate for him uh, about him. It's um, you know other great stories. I mean, I'm, I'm privileged to talk to so many of the guys that are now out there on the Champions Tour. Hal Sutton uh, is a great friend of the show, and and hearing Hal come on and and talk about you know what it was like for him because he was tab- uh, tabbed to be the next Jack Nicklaus. I mean, he was the the U.S. Amateur Champion. He came out and and uh, was an immediate success on the tour and you know, beat Jack Nicklaus by a stroke in the '83 PGA. And what was it like, you know, as a young kid? Now, now you're you're tab the, the next Jack Nicklaus and you're you're watching him make a charge at you in the in the '83 PGA in the fourth round. What you know, what was that like? You know, the pressure that he felt, and then just the pressure he felt in the years afterwards. You know, being tabbed the next Nicklaus. You know what? you know, how hard is that, you know, being the next, you know, the next greatest player in the, in the sport and people's expectations for him, as opposed to, you know, him being able to be the golfer that he wanted to be. And when he started to struggle a little bit with his golf swing, everybody in his ear telling him, you know, you need to do this. You need to do that. You need to change this other thing. You're too steep here. You're too shallow there. The ball position is wrong. You know, just trying to, you know, comprehend what it's like for him being at the top of the game and then all of a sudden everybody's got their those expectations piled on his back and how he had to struggle and deal with that and we know he went for for many years you know with a lull in his career until he comes back in the late 90s and then beats tiger you know in the in the players championship with the be the right club today right (laughs) so you know the struggles that he went through all during all that time and the doubters and wanting to get away from the game and it, it becoming more of a job than it was being fun and you know, those, those sorts of stories, um, you know, really kind of hit home for 
what it's really like to be in that person's golf shoes yeah. and how do you deal with those sorts of expectations and, and things like that. And, and then, you know, the, uh, the elations that you hear, you know, uh, from a Mark Calcavecchia who wins the, uh, wins the open championship in 89 and, you know, the battle that he had to, to, to get that done and, and to be able to birdie coming in to, to win the Claret jug uh, and, and what it's like. And, you know, hearing his stories about, uh, you know, I always wondered, you know, we, we hear the stories about the Stanley cup and what the guys do with the Stanley cup, you know, after they win and get to have it for a day and that sort of thing. You're like, mm-hmm. Mark, what was it like having the Claret jug? What'd you do with the Claret jug? after you got to bring it home, you know, and this, and the partying and the wine and the champagne and, you know, all of those sorts of things that, uh, that he got to enjoy and, and have the, hear those stories. That to me, that's a lot of fun. Um, what did he do with the cup? You can't just leave us hanging on that. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it took a lot of road trips with him in the, in the, in the passenger seat. And, uh, lots of people got the, I got the opportunity to, uh, to sip some wine and champagne there you go. with it. So yeah, he was, he he was a little late bringing it back. He tells the story about how, you know, he was, he was due to bring it back at a certain time, uh, you know, prior to the tournament. And uh, he was about a half an hour late because uh, they were still enjoying it from the party the night before. (laughs) So he went to have that one last party with it. And when he turned it in, there was still a little residue of the champagne in the bottom and they were not too happy about it. So then wash the claret jug back out. But what it would be like if they did a DNA test on that thing. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That would not be good. Well, today, today is October 27th. That's the day we're recording this. And today is the anniversary of in 1968 of the Australian Open where Jack beat Gary Player by one stroke. Uh, to win coming down. I think it it was a a putt on 18. And you mentioned the two of them earlier, and it really does make all of us who are golf fans happy to see that there are now some rivalries coming back into the sport that aren't Tiger and Phil, because that was never really as much of a rivalry because they respected each other and they liked each other. It's nice that there are guys who really hate each other's guts back on the tour again, (laughs) because because it gives us some, you're either pro Bryson or you're not. You know, you're either a bro hug and ruined it all, man. (laughs) I know, but but still, we're going to ignore that. We're just going to get on either the Bryce or the Brooks uh, bandwagon. Um, What do you think of the way over the last year or so we've had some stars and then some mega stars sort of bring golf back, first of all, younger and then and then these rivalries that we're having? No, I mean, rivalries are great for the game. Right. I mean, to your point, you're on one bandwagon or you're on the other and it, it's sort of fun to to watch it go back and forth. I don't want to see it get out of hand. I don't you know right. where where I started to lose a little enthusiasm for it was when the fans started to get a little bit out of hand. Um, I don't like that. I don't like to see, you know, the whole Brooksy thing and yelling at Bryson and all of that. And then him starting to get a little uh, on edge about those sorts of things. I don't want it to get too far, but I like rivalries in the game. And, and to your point, Neil, a moment ago, I mean, we, we sort of had Tiger and Phil, but not really. I mean, they never really battled it out coming down the stretch in a major, right? It was, it was just sort of, they were the two best players in, in the game. So there was sort of that, but we never really got to enjoy a, a battle down the stretch between those guys. Um, I tell you, I, I, you know, going into the Ryder Cup, I, I think most of us were, were really kind of wondering what was going to happen, right? We didn't, we didn't know if those guys could stand, not just, not just uh, uh, Bryson and, and, uh, and Brooks, if, if those two guys could stand to be in the team room together. But we had other things, right? I mean, you, you go back to the prior Ryder Cup, right? It, and DJ and, and Brooks sort of got into it on the flight over. They weren't all too thrilled with one another, right? We had, we had a lot of different things going on. We're like, boy, can this team win? Can they stand to be around each other? Can they pull for one another? Who are you going to pair together? And all that sort of thing. But I tell you what, I don't, I don't think anybody did their personal brand any better than Bryson did. Agreed. I mean, especially when you get to the singles match on Sunday against Sergio and he drives the first green and kind of walks off with putter in hand and you know over his head, raised up over his head like, yep, I drove the green and yep, this is the next club I'll be hitting. And then he drains the putt. And he comes through and he drains the putt on top yeah. of that. I mean, all yeah. of a sudden, you know, I think a lot of folks that were – not too thrilled about Bryson and really weren't sure, you know, how arrogant or whatever his issues were. And the fact that, you know, he wasn't going to talk to the media for a while or didn't talk to the media for a while. And, and, uh, you know, nearly coming to, um, whether it was words or blows or whatever with some of the fans in, in the prior tournament, all of a sudden this guy puts on the red, white, and blue, and he goes out there and 
starts driving greens and making eagle putts and people from the jeers to the cheers. So I don't think anyone did themselves any better than Bryson did. Yeah. But, you know, to your question, you know, I, I love the fact that there's some there's some rivalries. I don't want to see it get out of hand, but I do want to see some guys really go, you know, kind of toe to toe, if you will, on the golf course and have it come down to the final few holes. And let's see, you know, how this how this manages or how it works. I, I think the one thing that the game of golf needs is personalities. Agreed. I think, we, I think we need guys that have a personality and show some emotion and do the fist pumps and and all of that sort of thing. And I'm I'm glad to start to see more of that from the players. I think if you if you take some of what's going on in baseball and move it to golf, I think that could really help. I think every golfer should wear pearls. <laughs> I think that would be great. I think I think if you um, if you nail an eagle putt, you should have a spinner around your neck and have another guy come over and spin it. I think that would be great. I think there are things that golf could learn. <laughs> Okay, along those lines, maybe a tad more realistic. <laughs> I have a, a question for you. <clears throat> Excuse me, Chris. Is um, I really enjoy watching the Waste Management Open. Yes, because it it's it's non golf uh, <laughs> as as far as on as, a golf course. Yeah, on a golf course. You know, I mean, you know, like the um, there's a uh, Bubba was on the tee on 16, encouraging people to scream at him as he was teeing off on that par three. Right. And, you know, and, and just the, the entire attitude of the crowd and the players seem to eat it up as opposed to this quiet. Now everybody must be, uh, you know, very silent. This is a very serious thing here. I mean, I understand the whole concentration thing, but it's a sporting event for Christ. I mean, for, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, look, um, getting the fans involved in a, in a respectful way, I think is, is wonderful. You know, I mean, I, um, you know, I remember Harold Irwin, right. You know, back in the U S open when he, you know, running around the green, high fiving people and all yeah. that sort of thing. Right. I mean, I'd love to see the guys and the gals for that matter, interact, you know, with the fans along that way, you know, hit a great shot, go give someone a high five or something, yeah. right. You yeah. know, don't, don't be afraid. Don't, don't give us the little, you know, sort of half wave and your tip a cap or, or something and walk on. I mean, I look, I get the golf as a game of focus and all that sort of thing. And you don't want to come out of your focus, um, which is how Mr. Palmer lost in 61. Um, right. But you know what? Showing the emotion and the fist pump and, you know, whatever, and, and you know, high five in the crowd in, in between the green and the next tee and, and, and those sorts of things. I think it's just great for the game. It's just fun. And I think, you know, the golf forever, I think, John, is what you're alluding to. I mean, we've, we've been a little stodgy. Yes. And, it's, and, and, and I don't think it, that doesn't get people more involved or want to be more involved in the game. No, I mean, right? when you say be quick, stop it, you're having too much fun here. You know, right. it kind of defeats the purpose. Uh, but, there, but, but John, you and I have talked about this. There's a uh -huh. soapbox here. You know, there's there's what Chris is alluding to. Having fun with the crowd should be driven by the pros. Oh, yeah. It should be driven by the fans. So when the fans turn into the fans of the Ryder Cup, who turn into a bunch of drunk idiots, that's that's too far. So how do you how do you pull it back? Chris, you used the word respectfully, and I think that was really important in, in what you just said. How do we make it so that it's respectful fun, a good time, a PG-13 good time, you know, which can be just as fun as anything else without turning into a bunch of idiots? Yeah, and, and look, Augusta National, I think, does it better than anybody, right? I mean, what, what do we love most about, the, most about the Masters? It's the back nine on Sunday, right? It's the roars, quote unquote, right? We, yeah. we love the roars. Right. So that's how I think you have respectful fun while you're there. It's it's the roar when somebody makes a great shot or a great putt or whatever. Now, you know, I think the players feeding into that and, you know, being able to interact with the crowd on the way in between wherever. Right. Wherever the from the green to the next tee, you, you pulled off something miraculous by chipping in or whatever, you know getting involved in high-fiving high the folks along the ropes and that sort of thing. To me, that's, to your point, Neil, that's how the player drives that. But I think Augusta National keeps it respectful because we all know, right, you don't, you don't run because if you run, they're going to kick you out. Right? <laughs> you don't yell anything because if you yell something, they're going to kick you out. And not only are they going to kick you out, they're never going to allow you back either, right? It's not <laughs> like they don't know who's coming in and out of the gates year after year. Yeah. So you're not you're never going to get back in there. So I mean, I think there are some rules 
the, the tournament should have. Like, you know, the, the, the guy that's yelling in the hole or mashed potatoes or whatever. Look, if you do that, we're, you're going to, we're going to scorch you out. Right. Yeah. But having fun and yelling and screaming and, and when, when, when it's the right time for that sort of thing. And then the players interacting with, with the folks, letting them know that it's okay you know, to interact and it's okay to high five me and it's okay to, you know, root for me or pat me on the back or whatever. I think that's, that's how you make the game fun. And you also make the players accessible, right? That we, we shouldn't, you know, put players in a glass case and, and drive them around so that, you know, no one ever touches them or that sort of thing. I mean, it's, I mean, I know we're living in a world of COVID and, you know, we can't, everything's got to be sterilized, but we should be able to interact with, uh, with our favorite players and we should be able to, make some excitement out there you, you start putting them in glass bubbles and they're going to start expecting it and <laughs> we have we have enough prima donnas in this world we don't need our golfer fair that's, that's right. right that's right i i know for a fact that mr neil yeah. has has diligently worked up six questions for you oh Chris, my and we're going to come right back and he's going to axle <laughs> hang out this is the approach shot don't go away if you're like me, you've been hearing a lot about burials and cremation lately. It's kind of a sad thought, but thousands of these poor souls have to be stored in these big refrigerator trucks, waiting sometimes weeks before they can be put to rest. And then and then the average funeral cost is over ten grand. I don't have that kind of money just lying around, do you? Everyone has the right to die with dignity, and an affordable burial policy can be had for as little as a dollar a day. Call Final Expense Network for a free quote. They shop for affordable rates from brand name companies, folks you've heard of. One call and you get coverage to finish well. You can even name your church as a beneficiary. Come on, you have loved ones. Don't leave them at the last hour of their need. Call now, 800-589-0470. That's the Final Expense Network at 800-589-0470. Finish well. Make a quick call to 800-589-0470. 800-589-0470. Attention anyone who is impacted by the current pandemic and has $2,000 or more in credit card debt. If any credit card companies extended your credit with attractive interest rates or low minimum balances, and now because of it, you owe thousands of dollars in credit card debt. Here's some really great news. It happened to millions of people at no fault of their own. But thanks to a powerful program now approved, anyone with $2,000 or more in credit card debt can cut their credit card payments up to half and reduce or eliminate interest charges altogether. That's right. Our nationwide nonprofit program is helping U.S. residents cut their credit card payments. We've helped over half a million people with their credit card debt, and now we can help you. Bad credit card debt happens to good people. Get free of credit card debt today. Call Credit Guard of America now at 800-672-6925 to see how this powerful nonprofit program can work for you. The call and information are free. Call 800-672-6925. That's 800-672-6925. 800-672-6925. I mean, I think we need some dramatic music to do this part, man, but... Yeah, maybe not. Maybe not that? No. <laughs> that, was, that was my first bad idea. Okay, so... <laughs> you think that was a bad idea? No! Definitely. <laughs> no, not your first bad idea. It just keeps getting worse. <laughs> this is the approach out. Of course, I am John Ashton, of course, and I'm about to give it up to Mr. Neil Michaels with the six pack. Take it away, buddy. Okay, Chris, we do this for every guest that comes on. We turn the heat up a little bit. We ask six Oof. questions. We ask you to give us the first answer that comes to mind. No thinking about it. No hedging. No. Can I? Can can we go back and do that again? Nope. Nope. This is it. You ready? Wow. Okay. Yeah, no pressure, dude. Yeah. Question one. And don't be stealing this bit, okay? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He's been doing this for for seven years, eight years doing this. I don't think he's stealing anything from the approach shop. Question one. You have to give me one name here of all of the guests you've had. Who has been your favorite guest on Next on the Team? That's like asking me who's my favorite kid. Um, That'll be second. That's the next (laughs) It's got a Gary player. I mean, it's just been a huge honor to get to know him over the years. Should I, should I follow that up with, can you get him on our show? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Easy enough. I, I, that was kind of the, the warm up, get, get, get you thinking these were going to be soft. <laughs> Question two, you can interview anyone from golf anywhere in golf history. Who would it be? 
Wow. I've always been a huge Jack Nicholas fan. He's, he's someone that I've not been able to get on the show yet. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I grew up with, he is my golf idol. So I would certainly pick him. There you go. Excellent. It's like he knew these questions were coming. I'm starting to get, I feel like I need to turn the heat up a little bit. Question three, let's do it with this. We haven't mentioned in all of this that, except for you mentioning it, that you also play golf. You love to play golf. Yep. So we're going to put this out there. Question three, what's the most embarrassing thing that's ever happened to you either on one of your shows or better yet on the golf course? Wow. On the golf course. Um, I was out playing golf with uh, some buddies. It was uh, one of my buddies was getting married. So we played golf early, early that day. And, um, the idea for, on one of the holes was whoever hit the ball shortest had to drop their pants and re-tee. And unfortunately I picked that tee to hit a sky ball and, um, <laughs> had to re-tee in my shorts. <laughs> Very nice. I guess it's better than re-teeing in someone else's shorts. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Love it. Question four. Do you have a favorite Ryder cup story? Favorite Ryder Cup story? Um, well, I mean, talking talking to the guys, like you know, spending time with Chip Beck and, and Mark Kalkovecchia to the to the war on the shore, you know, years ago. Um, they tell the story of you know, Chip Beck is probably the most positive person on the planet, maybe ever. I've I've talked to Chip a, a few times, uh, and you know, obviously talked to his peers as well, and the guy never has a negative thing to say. Um, they're out there, you know, at that time, uh, the course was brand new, right? It, they, they didn't understand why they were playing a Ryder cup, you know, out there because the course had just barely even grown in and, uh, they're out there on the practice tee and there's a bunch of bugs, insects flying everywhere. You know, they're swatting their arms, they're getting in their eyes, getting in their mouth and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. And, e and even to the, and even in that world, Chip Beck was, was positive and said, boys, isn't this great? Wait till the Euros get a taste of these bugs. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, even in the face of, you know, what was the, all the other guys are swatting it, they're getting, you know, mosquitoes and everything else all over them and, you know, irritated. And how are we going to deal with this? Chip Beck finds the positive and the negative. <laughs> That's awesome. That qualifies as a great Ryder Cup story. All right. Question five. I, I don't think you can see this, but the approach shot genie just got out of his bottle and he is going to grant you one wish. So you get to play 18 with one person from any time in history, and it does not have to be a famous golfer, or you can play any course anywhere in the world. What's your one wish? Oh, I'm playing Augusta National. I, that's my favorite place on the planet. I've been blessed to go every year since 01. Um, I've told my wife, you know, when I die, you got to put, take my ashes and scatter them over, you know, Augusta national. Um, and if, you know, one wish, you know, I, I say all the time, like if God you know, looked down at me and said, look, Chris, I'll pluck you and, and put you anywhere on the planet. Where do you want to be? Augusta national. Give me a tea time at Augusta national and let me put a peg in the ground on that first tee and play 18 holes. Yeah. Every time. That's my wish. Chris, I've said the same thing to my wife about having my ashes scattered um, at Target Field because I'm a Minnesota Twins fan, always have been. And she has already said yes, but she said it in front of my kids and I saw her winking. <laughs> so it ain't happening for me and it ain't happening for you, buddy. <laughs> she's going to take them and she's going to be like, sure. And since you're dead, what are you going to do about it? So <laughs> it's a great thing to keep in mind, you know. Just I in appreciate case it. You think that's actually going to happen? <laughs> I tell you, you know, uh, real quick story. Uh, on the football side, we've talked to the guys that uh, are the um, in charge of the field maintenance at uh, Lambeau Field, and we've talked about the ashes being spread and that sort of thing. And I said, "Boy, you know, it's that's got to be a big thing at Lambeau Field." And he's like, "Yeah, all the time." You know, you, you, you know, you think, well, how would they notice? Well, I mean, ashes are more gray. They're not green. They're not they're not dirt color. So they stick out. And he's like, you don't want to be spread anywhere because all we're going to do is we're going to suck it up in a vacuum cleaner and you're going to end up in a you're going to end up in a landfill. So, <laughs> well, I get the feeling you're going to end up anywhere, but at least you get to do it <laughs> via Lambo. <laughs> All right. Well, and questions in a bunker, you'll you'll live a little bit longer. Right. Right. If you especially if 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 you do it at in Augusta, you could do it like in the woods or something. That's right. That's right. 
that's where most of that's where most of our balls are going to end up anyway. <laughs> 100%. And question six, we ask this of everybody who comes on the show, since we are the approach shot. In your approach to life, Chris, what one rule do you live by? Oh, I, I be good to everybody. Be nice to everybody. You know, I, I'm, I'm so blessed to be able to do the show and and talk to um, the people that were my idols, both on, on the golf course and you know on the football side. You know, from Pittsburgh, I've had the opportunity to talk to you know all the legends that I grew up idolizing for those seventy Steelers teams that you know that won those four Super Bowls. But you know, have a positive attitude and be nice to people because it's going to come back to you. You know, I, I, I'm a firm believer in and uh, you know in karma and and you know God looking out for for us. You know, when you're when you're nice to people, they're going to be nice back. And you just you never know who knows somebody else. And who, you know, appreciates, you know, the fact that you were nice to them, they, they may be able to come back and do something really special for you. So that's what I try to tell my kids and uh, tr- what I try to live by. Oh, well, you might actually get your ashes spread at Augusta. Now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the wink thing was just me. <laughs> Chris, good job on the six pack and you are off the hot seat, my friend. Well I appreciate you, fellas. Thank you so much. Chris Mascaro, thanks for hanging with us here on the approach side. And this is this is our uh, our time where we uh, we we like to call the shameless self promotion portion. <laughs> what what you doing? All the all the places people can hear you, man. Um, yeah, both next on the T and Thursday night tailgate are available at just about any place you you get uh, your podcasting content. Uh, and we're out there on Apple Podcast, Podbean. Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it. If if you've got a favorite podcasting site, both shows are probably on it. Um, like I say, we just finished up our eighth season. We'll probably start back up again uh, in the spring. Uh, over on the football side, Thursday night tailgate, uh, we're looking forward to tomorrow night's show. Uh, we've got uh, former Dolphins uh, left tackle Richmond Webb, uh, former Patriots Pro Bowl running back Tony Collins, uh, Paul Alexander, who's sports talk radio up in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, he, he gets me all my Steelers insider information. And then, uh, former, uh, Giants fullback, Randy Manier played back in the, in the sixties, a great friend of the show also was, uh, is the chairman of the board emeritus for the NFL alumni association. He's been a great friend of the show for many years. So we'll be talking to those four guys tomorrow night, but, uh, we're on Thursday nights from eight to 10 PM Eastern time live on blog talk radio, but you can find us as a podcast, like I say, on just about every podcasting site that that's out there. And next on the T, like I say, we put, uh, we put uh, this season in the can, but it's out there and uh, lots of great uh, conversations uh, with the, uh, with really the legends of the game on, on both the uh, PGA and LPGA tours. Very cool. Thank yeah, you, folks man. need to folks need to listen to some of your shows from a couple of seasons back. I, I picked in and chose a couple with some people that I really enjoyed. And, and I just, I just sat entranced by the way people just sort of wove their stories with you. It's really great stuff. It's uh, again, it's next on the T and with the, uh, with eight seasons in the can uh, there's, there's an awful lot of great content. Go back and listen to some of the stuff from season two, three and four that there were some just phenomenal guests. I appreciate it very much. All right. Hey, I've got a, I got a story that you might appreciate, Neil, you've heard this many times. So I, I apologize to you, but uh, in the late seventies, I worked in Pittsburgh. Wow. And uh, after leaving Pittsburgh, I uh, was entertaining a job offer in Dallas. And I was taking a tour of some apartment complexes in Dallas. And the woman who was showing me around took me into the uh, clubhouse where they had a big screen TV where we all get together every Sunday and watch the Cowboys. You a Cowboy fan or don't you like football? (laughs) <laughs> still funny that is funny didn't have, the, didn't, didn't have the, the the guts to tell her i was coming from pittsburgh <laughs> <laughs> yeah well i tell you what that super bowl 30 is still the one that that it, I, can't, I can't get over um i talked to um I was asking LeVon Kirkland, he played in that, that Super Bowl, you know, with the Steelers and the Cowboys. And that was the Neil O'Donnell throwing it, throwing the game away. And, and you know how on ESPN every year, they rerun all the Super Bowls. Those the highlight, you know, shows are about 30 minutes or whatever. Mm-hmm. And I was telling LeVon, I said, I, I, to this day, I can't watch it. I can't watch that one. It hurts too much. I said, can, can you watch it? And he's like, yeah, cause I, I keep expecting that we're going to win it. <laughs> 
<laughs> We're gonna win that game. Again, we lost again. <laughs> uh, some of the guys that we've had the, the pleasure of talking to, I had the. Uh, I'm a cowboy fan, so just put that out there. And uh, I had the Wins pleasure. And cowboys, of, wow! I am a cowboy fan. Um, I, I had the pleasure of of going to Dallas and uh, was was doing some work with CBS Radio there, and they said, "Come on down for a game." So I came when the Cowboys were just awful. I mean, awful. And it was the the time where they they lost to to the I went to a game where they lost to the Eagles by twenty or so, and and actually the whole place actually had you know a feeling that there might have been a win that I think they were one in my won three games that year. There was a feeling that they might win the game, and then they just. But I had the pleasure of having dinner with Drew Pearson, who's one of the great gentlemen wow. in the game. And um, they sat me next to him and he looks at me and he goes, so you're a Cowboy fan? Same as what you had said, John. Mm-hmm. And I said, I got two words for you, Clint Longley. <laughs> and that was the, uh, he was the backup quarterback for the Redskins the, on a Thanksgiving game after Roger Staubach had gotten knocked out of the game. And he ended up throwing a Hail Mary at the end of the game that landed right in Pearson's hands in the end zone to win the game. <laughs> and as soon as I said Clint Longley to him, he just, you could see his shoulders just, go down like I got somebody to talk to here tonight. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Clint. (laughs) Appreciate the memories, buddy. (laughs) That's awesome. Oh, Chris, great to meet you, man. And we're pleased to uh, spend some time with us here, man. It's been very, very fun. I appreciate the invite. Uh, This was a lot of fun. Cool. Spread the word. Absolutely. (laughs) Be glad to do it. Yeah. And and Chris, are we still recording, John? I hope so, because it says live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we'd be happy to also exchange names with you because we are brethren in the golf community. <laughs> so if there's somebody you want that you haven't gotten or if vice versa, we would love to do that. Sure. Reach out to me. Let me know. Probably got some sister in there too. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Indeed. Chris Mascaro, everybody, from Next on the Tee and Thursday Night Tailgates has been our guest today. Thanks again for coming by, Chris. Absolutely. Thanks again, fellas. Texting enrolls you into recurring automated text messages. Message and data rates may apply. Men, want to feel younger, stronger, leaner? You don't have to slow down after 40. Frank Thomas found the secret to staying in shape with the energy and drive of his 20s. Man, you look like you could still hit it a mile. I feel great, too. What gives? After 40, men slow down. It's harder to stay in shape. Why? Our free testosterone levels drop. It happened to me. And then I found Nugenics Total T. New Nugenics Total T is our most powerful man-boosting formula ever because it boosts your free testosterone and your total testosterone. Nugenics Total T helps provide even more energy, performance, testosterone, and muscle-boosting ingredients for even better results. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total T, text GRIT to 321321. Samples are not available in stores. Well, wait. When are you going to do something about it now? I got to try Nugenics Total Tea. Text GRIT to 321321 for your complimentary bottle of Nugenics Total Tea. That's G-R-I-T to 321321. I mean, if we had an extra four or five days, we'd still be here telling stories. No kidding. I really feel like we just scratched the surface. Or is that just a mosquito bite? It's probably a reason why now people are going to go, well, you know, that next on the T thing, I've never listened to it before. Maybe I should go listen to it now. Well, you know, I don't have a problem with that. We're we're all one big podcast, golf podcast family here. That's right. We share and share alike. He's had some unbelievable guests, and I know that, that he's got even more coming. We talked offline, and I would say stuff like, oh, we really, you know, one of the guys we really would like to get on is... Mark Kalkabecchia, for example, mm-hmm. um, I've been I've been bugging his wife for the last uh, three or four months to get them on. And they've just you know, they've had scheduling issues and stuff. And he goes, oh, yeah, Mark's a big, big uh, friend of the show. And I'm like, yeah, we'll get uh, there. <laughs> <laughs> the way to get Mark to call you back is keep yeah. calling his wife because yeah. eventually he'll call and he say, who are you and why are you calling my wife? Are you bugging my wife? <laughs> And then you can say, Mark, well, man, how are you? Here's what was going on. <laughs> this is so good to talk to you. <laughs> it was a thought. You go ahead and do that so that she can block you on social media, and I'll just keep doing the right thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> keep doing it right. Whether you're trying to get a golfer to call you or you're trying to become a golfer or you mm-hmm. want to just go play some golf, mm-hmm. keep in mind that it's not going to be all that easy. But when mm-hmm. you get frustrated, 
Yeah. Remember the same people invented golf and called it a game that invented bagpipes and called it music. <laughs> That's so true. And remember life is like a packet of liquid IV when it's Saturday morning, go open it. You've been listening to the approach shot with the weekend golf guys. If you like this week's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast on Apple podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download your podcasts and find us on the web at approachshot.net. Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. You only want what's best for your baby. And so does BJ's. BJ's offers a variety of baby products that will take you from playtime to bath time to bedtime and beyond. Shop now through September 24th at BJ's for $3 off Johnson's, Aveeno, or Desitin baby products. Only the best will do when it comes to caring for your little ones and for parents, too. Give your baby that special care and save big at BJ's.